Welcome to Nerdy Geeky Freaky, the podcast for all you nerd geeks and freaks. This is episode 21, the podcast that's here to help is needed, deserved, or available. I am William Jerk. I am Mike. Welcome to episode 21. We're happy to say welcome back after we went to Comic-Con and saw a lot of good movies since our last episode. And a lot of transition uh, for us. Uh, Will has a new place now. We are now speaking in our new... Domicile. Domicile, the Sanctum Sectorium. Of William Jerk. Yes. The Sorcerer Nerd Supreme. That's right. All right. Uh, so let's start off how we always do with the nerdy news headlines. Will, what's number five? Number five Single. is the new trailer for the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. You mean the No Madges? No Madges, yeah. yeah. I thought that was weird that they changed it. It, it sounds too, too much like Nomads. I know, right? But it's uh, it's the American version because you know we got because America's always got to be different and unique than the than the Brits who oh. call them Muggles. Muggles was an interesting term. Like I even called people Muggles after I watched the movies. Well, you know, you remember in Goblet of Fire, we got introduced to the other uh, worlds of the Wizarding world, where it's uh, f- the French uh, wizards with the. The girls at the all-girls school. Yeah, so it's like... And then the whatever the hell the that one dude was that took Hermione to the dance. They're like uh, from Southern, right? It was Eastern no, and Western. No, it was... Uh, it was, it was I think it was like Slovakian or something like that. Yeah, Some but, weird... But they didn't take place in the real world. They took place in the wizard world, which is a parallel world. Like a, a second no, earth. No, uh, honestly... Like a continent. I don't... Like a magic they, continent. They, that's the one thing they never really explain in the movies or in the books. Maybe they explain in the Do books. Do they explain in the books? I'm sure I, someone I don't. Tells. I haven't read the books. I don't really read that much unless it's got Game of Thrones on the, on the or Star Wars on the title. But, uh, they, you know, they could explain that maybe it's not, like, a different world. It's just, like, they've found these uh, well, they have different... isolated locations and they put pretty much magical barriers up so muggles can't find them. Maybe. That would make like sense. Like Gorilla City or something like that? Yeah, kind of. But, but uh, they use it's all protected by magics and charms, and that's why the only way you can get to it is through is with magic, like you know the platform nine and three quarters with the magical train, and then uh, the the boats that are uh, steered by wizards. How did Harry and, and um, the redhead fly through that moving car? Today? Magic car. It's a magic car. It flies. It's a flying car. It's obviously magic. I like magic. to think it's a parallel world because they had those dragons, Easter they, dragons. This, and... Actually, there's a theory going on around right now that the reason why the uh, wizarding world is so secretive is because of the events in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. The new because... doc- doctor. Uh, tw- uh, what the Doctor the, Who? The twelfth wizard. The twelfth wizard. Yeah, yeah. which I'm gonna call it for now. That's a good. That's a good name. The twelfth wizard releases all these monsters. The trailer is awesome. I yeah. love it. I can't wait for November because it's like the first time that these. I mean, we kind of saw a little bit of them kind of like touching on it a little bit in the Chamber of Secrets when uh, Ron and Harry used the magic car to try to catch up with the train, the yeah. Hogwarts Express, and like and they come in the, the flying cars. Yeah, no, you're right. The, the muggles uh, the, see the flying car and everything, and it's like, what is that? And they just kind of like, oh, well. So it could just be like this. Watch the they, skies. They have to keep it keep the world separated because of what happened in New York in the 20s. Yeah, because it, it looked like it almost started like some kind of – they were talking about war and stuff. Yeah, actually, there was, um, there's a little bit of an Easter egg in there for like the hardcore Harry Potter fans. I, I didn't even catch it. I had like somebody else pointed out on a review I watched for the trailer. Um uh, Gelhart, K- 
Gilden Wand, I think that's how you say it, or something like that. Sounds Harry Potterish. Yeah, very Harry Potterish. He's actually the uh, owner of the Elder Wand that Dumbledore fought, and that's how Dumbledore got the Elder Wand, the most powerful one. He and he's actually uh, noted in the Harry Potter universe as one of the most powerful dark wizards of all time, even more powerful than Voldemort. Voldemort was a bitch. Well, it's because Voldemort did not have true ownership of the Elder Wand. If he did, he probably could have killed everybody. He's a gun. He's a gun. Well, it's guns versus wands. And I would have in, both, a gun in, in one hand and one on the other. But the the movie was good. Um, the monsters look cool. They yeah. actually showed a couple like weird ones and interesting little like look like stick bug ones. Yeah. Do you think they're gonna have any like callbacks to the Harry Potter? Well, not callbacks because it'd be technically called forwards since it takes place sixty years before Harry Potter. Uh, any of the Harry Potter movies uh, or books. Um, do you think they'll have, like, call forwards to, like, the creatures we see in Harry Potter? Like, the hypocrite, the giant griffin-like thing, and then uh, yeah, the sure. ba- a basilisk, maybe, even? Maybe reference, um, like, for fan favorites, but I think it's going to be introducing a whole bunch of new ones, but... Mm-hmm. It kind of op- and it does open the door for more sequels down the line with, uh, like, or prequels down. Oh the line. God, you're gonna have so much of this. Yeah, they she just came out with a book a couple months ago. Um, Actually, it's not a it's, well, it's a book, but it's a it's, play. Yeah, it's based it, off. It, the, it, the play. My wife read it. It's a book. Yeah, but no, it's well, that's play. how they. I, I found out that's how they. That's what they do with stage plays. Mm-hmm. They write books about them afterwards. I don't understand it either, but yeah, it's a thing. What was it called? Um, uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Yeah. I heard it was okay. It yeah, sold I out. Heard, yeah. I heard a lot of good things, too. Yeah, the play sold out in uh, in London, I think. Oh, I bet, yeah. And I think there, it's, I'm pretty sure within the next, within 2017, you'll hear about it coming to New York on Broadway and then probably 2018, uh, the other major theaters in L.A. and who knows? Maybe even in our hometown, right across the street, uh, McCollum Theater. That'd be good, but I doubt it. Yeah, they're it's, gonna have lots of more movies anyway. I know this because that movie looks great. Yeah, I mean, this sets up a whole slew of sequels you can do with just that little time period before Harry Potter. I mean, yeah, because that's whole... what Star Wars is doing. Every other year between mm-hmm. episodes, you get spinoffs. Yeah, and it's gonna take place. And I and I hope that after Han Solo, they just get they stop deciding we need to see movies on characters we know and okay i take that back i want a obi-wan movie where it's him on on tatooine and versus darth maul what darth maul's alive in canon oh yeah Um, spider crazy and god they ruined his character they've redeemed him after the spider legs redeemed him crying in the corner in a pile of his own filth Yes. Okay. Well, he still screams, but he's not crying and screaming. In Rebels, a, a lot of people like his his character development on Star Wars Rebels. I watched it all. It was oh Rebels. Oh, okay. yeah, Rebels. Not Rebels. Clone Wars. Uh, Rebels. It's the new one. And uh, in this last episode that they just did, um, they showed that he just found out Obi Wan's alive. So he's like, he lives. He lives. So it's like they're kind of. I think they're. Slightly opening the door for a Obi Wan standalone uh, or anthology movie, where it's going to be Obi Wan versus Darth Maul, the final showdown, winner takes all. 
That would be a l- if they do that, they, they have to go. What is it? Four or five years. That's down the road? when Werewolves uh, takes place. Is about five years before New Hope starts. No, I'm talking about like 2022. It would have to take place. Yeah, it would. Be- it would have because they already have. Uh, see, 2017 is episode eight. Then 2018 is Han Solo. Then 2019 is uh, nine. Nine, and, and then, then 2020 Yoda. would be the would be the the un, as of now untitled third uh, anthology movie, which could they could fill in for Obi Wan because nobody knows what it's going to be, and they could be working on the Yoda right movie. Now. No, that's all of it. All of it, everything right now for the third spinoff movie is specul is pure speculation. There's Rumors going on that it's a uh, Boba Fett movie. There's rumors going on. That I think Boba Fett. Well, we're gonna off traffic. Yeah, I sorry. think Boba Fett is gonna be the Han Solo movie. I think so too. I think they're gonna combine yeah. both elements. Yeah, he's dead. He's and dead we're gonna family. finally see why Darth Vader tells him and no vaporizing. Yeah. So anyway, we got off track. So let's go to number four. Number four is Nintendo NX might have a Pokemon launch title, which would be awesome. There hasn't really been any Pokemon launch titles on, or even titles on major consoles, except for, um, what was it, Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Snap. There is one... I remember Pokemon Snap. Oh, God, it was amazing, right? I don't I don't remember really getting into it. It's though, like but, yeah. four hours of a game, but it's replayability was so good because mm-hmm. that's all we had man we didn't... no 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 I remember playing Pokemon Stadium that was terrible I don't remember how to play it no it was just battle that's it I think that's why I failed at it just like I failed at the, the, the Digimon game on Playstation that game was weird that was so weird it had a lot it was, it was I made way... it poop a lot I made my Digimon poop a lot wait like a fighting game no it wasn't a fighting game it was like a, like a it's because I didn't know how to play a Tamagotchi game no, it wasn't a Tamagotchi. It was a on PlayStation. It was more along the lines of like a like Monster Rancher. No, decision based game. You know, like Final Fantasy. Okay, so where it's like you your story. Kinda, yeah. It had it didn't have cutscenes or anything like that, but it kind of like you. I never got past the first level because really? I could never understand it because it was too complex for my dumb dumb childlike mind apparently. Or either that, or it's just because I never played any type of like Final Fantasy game before, so I didn't know oh. how decision-based games worked. They're right. They're a lot like JRPGs, which are kind of fun. Yeah. So, anyway. like. so yeah, the, the Pokemon Thank game. you, Pokemon Go, by the way. Yeah, Pokemon Go. I love it. I'm still playing. Go Mystic. So, um, yeah, it's there, It's still... They didn't even show when the release date for the NX is going to be. I heard February of 2017... They don't show what it's going to look like. A lot of speculation. Of course. So, But they're talking about, since Pokemon has been this giant thing right now <laughs> that came back, sales of uh, 3DSs have gone to its roof. And because of that, they greenlit a Detective Pikachu movie? I don't know. I, I heard stuff like that. It sounds ridiculous. It might I'm just... really hoping... It's all... I think it's all speculation at this point, but it's going to be a... a Live-action, ha- animated, no, hybrid? No, no, Nintendo ain't ever doing that. Nintendo's be lucky if you're getting a movie. The only thing I know you're getting right now... Is an animated movie. You'll get that, of course, but... Um, I think it's going to be 3D animated, and I really hope it's 3D animated over live-action, animated, hybrid. Well, if you want to watch a good Pokemon movie, just watch uh, Pokemon Red on YouTube. It's basically uh, the real version of Pokemon, where you... Go if you watch Red, get his Charmander, and collect all 150 Pokemon. It's awesome. 
it, they're, they're like biting each other. Like Charmander's like biting and like. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's great. So, um, they're talking about uh, Nintendo. Yeah, the launch titles. They, no one knows what's going on. But I can't wait. It's NX. I had a lot of fun with the Wii, the Wii U and a lot of good games. Like a new one just came out. Um, Mario Splat or something like that. It's like Paper Mario. It's a new Paper Mario. Mm. Which they're still pushing out games. Um, they, they finally got... And they got third-party games, which is always what keeps the system alive. But they are, don't have the greatest like love for the Wii U because it didn't do as good as the 3DS. But, you know, it's... A 3D game system, but you don't need glasses for it. Nintendo does everything years before, like, any other system. PlayStation had those weird nunchuck things after Wii. After Wii, because Wii Sports was phenomenal. But, so this new console... And Xbox 360 did the... The... The, uh, the, like, camera Connect. Connect. I can't think what it was called. Yeah. Yeah, so everyone tries to write Nintendo's coattails, but... Everyone's like, oh, man, Nintendo sucks all about PlayStation, Call of Duty. Blah, 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 blah. Well, I think it's because the... They're all, well, the brainwashed idiots. You're like... Nintendo has its own niche. Niche. With, uh, with like... Oh, it's about graphics. Oh, it's about graphics. No, with the, with the fan base. You know, you know, they... All the diehard Zelda fans and all them, you know, they still go to Nintendo because it's pretty much the only platform you can play Zelda on. And, uh, but, you know, they have a very specific clientele, and I, I think the reason why the Wii didn't catch on, the original Wii didn't catch on. Oh, Wii kept caught on. Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking the of something Wii U, The Wii U. Kind of, like, yeah. it kind of steadied. And, and I think it's, the thing is because they tried to cater to beyond their, their they clientele. Did. That's why they talk about now, well, we're a toy company. We make things for, like, kids. Uh, we're not a console company, which they make lots of toys. When was the last time you saw a plush for a PlayStation figure? Never. Yeah, you'll see Mario and all that stuff, and all, all that stuff everywhere. It's true. And their niche is like the classic gamer, basically, who still has the nostalgia for a yeah, basic game. I'm without, 32, and I'm yeah. still playing that stuff. I can't wait for the next Zelda. Yeah. Stop drinking Unicorn Blood, you damn immortal. Never. Never. So, number three. So, number three is Bruce Banner. The Hulk is now dead. Hashtag I'm upset. Explain to me, again, who the hell is Amadeus Cho and why is he the new Hulk? Uh, we talked and about this a lot of times. Why is Bruce Banner dead? Because they got my money, so screw me. <laughs> Basically, everyone who's an Avenger, it's stupid. It's it's so upsetting. You have, Stop changing characters for bad... I'm, I'm fine with bringing up characters we talked about before, if they're good. Mm-hmm. But changing Thor, even Iron Man, he's not Tony Stark anymore. You can't call him Iron Man anymore. He's not. He gave all his things away to some girl named Kiki. But you can't call him Iron Lady. You can't call her Iron Lady either or Iron Girl or anything like that. So. Bro, it's, it's, it's terrible. So Hulk's dead uh, because Animus Cho was uh, finally cured Banner in... A second, which was stupid, which I was waiting for. Banner's been cured temporarily many times over the years. Mm-hmm. Many, many times. And he, it, it's always separated. Separated. Or... And the last time he was separated was amazing. 
it started a new issue over, and they were separated. And Hulk's happy. He's going around the world. He's doing this. He's um, going to try beer because Wolverine's always talking good about it. So he goes, and then he goes in the ocean, and he so he gets like a treasure chest and gives it to the barkeep. He's like, "Give me all the beer you got." And it, it was hilarious. So he finds out that Brett Banner has gone insane because the he didn't want to get separated. So. Basically, he's shooting himself with gamma radiation, giving himself cancer, and he's making an island of Dr. Monroe gamma monsters. Yeah, I remember this. Oh, it was amazing. And mm. S.H.I.E.L.D. gets Hulk to fight him. It was incredible. Now it's Hulk. Amadeus Cho. Amadeus Cho stops Hulk from blowing himself up because he sucked up a bunch of radiation that, you know, they could fix all that stuff and simple writing but no it's just like this is the new marvel this is um everything's different all new all different all crap i no it's not all new it's all it, new all different it's not all different i mean it's just all new because the same characters just with new faces terrible so yeah so it's um, it's honestly <clears throat> marvel's ill ill fated attempt at divers- diversifying their already established characters and it's obvious now you're like doing it like because oh you know we like these characters so we change that no it's just like we're doing it because not just doing because they're because you and me both agree that if they you know there's nothing wrong with having a black comic book character or a female comic book character or a asian american uh comic book character no, i like on show before yeah. he was funny he likes so he was already introduced and he was he already was introduced established. as his buddy. After Rick Jones with his own thing, he would follow around Hulk and they, they met at a, a restaurant and some guys are going after him. And so he calculates that if he throws this thing on the floor, they would slip and he goes out and he kind of like goes on a moped and he shines his light at the, the beam that's coming from a helicopter going after him. Mm-hmm. And it fires a missile into the guy... And it turns out it go it hits Banner, and that's when they get introduced. And he's like, "Oh crap! I hit, this guy's gonna get hit." But it turns out it's Banner, and that's when Banner saves him from being attacked by Shield and stuff. Mm. And they become friends, and it was awesome. He has no powers in this one. It's nothing but fist bumps and like all your hormones are out of whack because you're the Hulk now. And introducing his sister, and they fly in a giant, looks like a taco truck that flies. And it's the worst comic ever. So they killed Bruce Banner off screen because so there's a chance he could not be really dead. Because unless you see, I know. Him, okay, damn. everyone tells me that's been probably screaming at me. <laughs> Nothing's permanent in comics. I know, but I don't want to wait eight months to a year to continue reading my comic because this it's only been on a comic four, five, five. And it is the worst comic I have ever read. And I've been reading comics for a long time. I'm reviewing a comic from Thick Comics. Because it's good. I like reading different kind of comics. This new Marvel Hulk, which I love, is my favorite character. Terrible. Terrible. And they kill Bruce Banner, my favorite character, off screen. <laughs> They're like, oh, in the latest episode, because he's been cured. He's all happy. He's trying to like, like do stuff that's a little dangerous. And he keeps getting saved by the Avengers. Like, why are you trying to kill yourself? He's like, I swear I'm not. But, you know, mm. things happen. <laughs> so, Hawkeye, he got... Uh, 
Bruce Banner gave Hawkeye an arrow that could kill him. Like, years ago. Because this whole thing that happened a couple months ago, before they changed everything, um, Betty Ross found out that there's going to be a giant planet-killing thing that involves the Hulk. So she actually shoots him in the back of the head, which makes him brain dead, which Tony Stark puts the, um, I forgot this, uh, thing in his head. I forget what it's called. He uses it quite a bit. I talked about it before. It makes him super smart, which turned him the Hulk smart, which turned him to Doc Green, which they just ended because, you know, um, was that, was that thing that happened where Oh, I think I know Doom what you're talking about. God. Marvel. I want to say Convergence. No, but that I think that was DC. That was before. Um, um, basically, it just Secret Wars. Secret Wars, which was terrible, and basically this told me, yeah, you can't read your comic anymore. It's on a cliffhanger until Secret Wars is over, and everything's going to be different, and we don't know what happened to Hulk's Doc Green or anything because we're starting over. So everything that happened before, they it's left on a cliffhanger. So Hulk, uh, Bruce Banner got cured, and they killed him off screen because Hawkeye gave, had an arrow that can kill him, and so they killed him anyway off screen. It's upsetting. God, my God, it's upsetting to me. <laughs> so Hulk's dead. Um, Hashtag Will is Hulk now. Oh, God. I flipped this table in rage. I don't know. I'm still reading some Marvel. I'm going to other comics right now, which is blah, blah, blah. Number three. <laughs> Where are we on? Two. Number two now. Deathstroke. The Terminator is... What's his name? Joe Manganiello. Manganiello. The dude from True Blood, the werewolf. The big and brawny man. For all you ladies out there. You know his name? From Magic Mike. Oh, yeah. And Magic, Magic Mike 2. Electric Boogaloo. Two. Yeah, Magic Mike 2, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. That Which they did an Electric Boogaloo on some girl's face. <laughs> but um, bum bum Yeah, he looks like Deathstroke. That's awesome, right? I mean, he doesn't look like Deathstroke. I'm pretty sure they're going to do him up to look like Deathstroke a lot more. Or is it an... Or- Wait, is it a movie? No, it's for... What movie is this? It's for... It, he, he's going to cameo in... I think he's going to have a small little cameo in Justice League, and he's going to be the... Main oh. main antagonist for uh, the standalone Batman, Batman movie, yeah. which I'm very excited for because I already have an idea of what they're going to do, and I really hope they do this. And please, 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 God, they're tell me they're going to do they're this. Not that clever. The Arkham Origins storyline, where it's even though they can't do it technically unless they do the, the standalone Batman movie, a prequel to everything that's happened so far, which they can because we don't know anything about pre. Uh, Batman v Superman, Batman. Other than he was Batman for a very long time. Yeah, they made a good point of that. And the the Arkham Origins storyline for those of you who haven't played the game is um, Black Mask, who actually isn't Black Mask. I'm not going to spoil it though because it's a very good twist in the movie or in the game. It's basically a movie. Oh god, that the cutscenes alone are yeah. Just hit. Enough, uh, what, what game is this? Arkham Origins. Just put Arkham Origins all cutscenes on YouTube. Yeah, so I gotta do. But a short uh, summary of it is Black Mask. You know who Black Mask is, right? He uh, puts a hit out on Batman because this is two years into Batman being Batman uh, in Gotham City, and he's already disrupted so much with the criminal organization. But he he still works alone. He's very much working alone in in this story. So because of that, they the police are after him. 
you know, he hasn't aligned with Commissioner Gordon yet, who isn't commissioner at the point at this point. Sergeant Gordon. Yeah, I think so. So sergeant or lieutenant or captain, one of those. He's still high up there. He hasn't teamed up with him, and it's just basically him and Alfred. And he's stubborn. He's very stubborn. He thinks he has to do this on all on his own, and he's pretty much on these suicide missions every single time he goes out. And Black Mask is fed up with it, so he puts a hit out on on Batman, and all these all the rogues basically come after him. We got uh, Deadshot, Bane, Copperhead. Uh, Copperhead. Yeah, some they have random ones in there, and uh, some other random ones. And but one of the main ones, the best fight scene since uh, the Arkham City games was. Deathstroke, because everybody knows who reads the comic books. Deathstroke, Deathstroke, the Terminator. Deathstroke is basically the anti-Batman. Is he? Yeah, because he's. They pretty much have a similar backstory. Uh, they grow up in a rich family. Only Death. I think Slade Wilson is uh, ostracized by his parents. If I if I remember. I swear he joined the military and just he, he joined the military, but he comes from a rich family. He comes from a very rich family, and it's actually. His Alfred is a uh, is a guy named Billy Wintergreen, or something like that. I want to remember. I think I I'm, I might be misremembering things, but anyway, he joins the military and he joins uh, a black ops group in the military, where he uh become he gets experimented on and he becomes the reflexes and nerves, yeah. yeah he beca- and his and it, it kills his nerve endings or something like that. Yeah, so he can't it makes him uh, like super, uh, super, uh, super quick, super agility and stuff. But it has a negative effect, and it goes off and on. Mm-hmm. And then um, I remember uh, there's a point where his child's being um, held hostage with a knife, and he thinks he can go fast enough, but it, it slits his the child's throat so he can never like talk because the kids like really like singing because he had two kids, mm-hmm. one that was like him, one that was like to sing. Mm-hmm. And so his wife blamed him for that. Like, and stabbed him in the eye. That's how he lost his eye. Yeah. Yeah. And right in the eye. Yeah. Right in the eye. <laughs> right in the eye. So, and then after that, you know, he, he leaves his family and he becomes, like, uh, the world's greatest assassin. And he, so basically, he, he learns how to fight in every style there is. He becomes a ninja. He becomes all this stuff. And he just, and he becomes, a, and like I said, he becomes an assassin. So it's basically like the antithesis, antithesis, ah, the reverse of Batman. I can't say the word, so I'm just going to say the reverse of Batman. Like, if Batman didn't have a moral code and decided to go out for justice, he would have probably become an assassin too. Yeah. So, and their fighting styles are very similar, only uh, Deathstroke has a little bit more tools to his arsenal. Is he a ninja? He is a ninja. Where do you learn ninja at? Wherever you learn ninja at. Okay. <laughs> uh, and at least in the comic book universe, hey, he's he's everything pretty much. Very much. He I know he's every, badass and stuff. And he's like, learned every. He's learned almost every hand to hand combat there is in the, in the known world. And the only one who's ever best, I think, physically, is Batman. So that's why he didn't get. Batman did. Uh, Batman beat him. Well, obviously. But. Yeah, Batman beats him. Batman beats everybody. Uh, but yeah, that's that's why he's the perfect villain for. A standalone Batman movie. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be amazing. And I would actually like it if they did a little spin on it where it's, uh, where if it is a prequel, we see two different storylines, three different storylines going on in there with not too much, uh, going overboard. 
I want to see them touch on Batman having more than one Robins, having a, oh, a Dick Carrie Grayson. Kelly? No, Dick Grayson dick. first. Gotta have yeah. that dick, huh? Gotta have that dick. Let me bare legged. Grace, Dick Grayson, and then, but it's already been like a few years. Like, let's say he's already like Dick's already gone off to Bloodhaven and become Nightwing on his spare time, or he's just done with the vigilante life for now. And he's a, and then he's already met the Jason Todd character, and we see three different storylines going. We see wait, we can't wait. Oh, you want a prequel? Sorry, yeah, I'll prequel, shut up. prequel. Uh, we see the the Jason Todd storyline with the death in the family arc, and then we see uh, Batman versus Joker. It's like a classic. Yeah, because we Joker explain story. that costume. Yeah, and and then also. Um, Joker hiring Deathstroke to kind of be his, to kind of kill Batman because he knows he like he can't take Batman on one to one, so he hires the greatest assassin in the world, Deathstroke. Neat. And it would also be cool if like they change up the little, the storylines a little bit, and Deathstroke's and Batman's the one that takes out Deathstroke's eye. That'd be neat, yeah. Because especially nowadays, you can't just have one on one anymore. Mm-hmm. You gotta have side stories and twist plots and more villains mm-hmm. and so basically like it starts off with Batman Jason Todd taking on Joker Harley Quinn and they and Joker is decides it'd be fun it'd be funny to see Batman uh, take on Deathstroke so he hires Deathstroke and Batman takes out Deathstroke but all of it was just a little ruse so that way um Batman would be distracted, so Joker and Harley Quinn can kidnap Jason Todd because they figured out that that's his weak point is his sidekick, and they torture and kill Jason Todd, and it sets up Death in the Family, and it also sets up a future sequel down the line with Red Hood, my favorite Batman animated movie ever, on Batman Under the Red Hood. That's a good one. So. That's my. That's That'd my, be cool. My yeah. dream. That, a Deathstroke. That's. I'm just happy. And ben Affleck and Jeff Johns are writing it, so it could actually be a prequel, and it could actually have all those three storylines put in place. And well, Ben Affleck's an Academy Award-winning screenwriter, so yeah, and and Jeff Johns Batman. is a comp, and Jeff Johns has written Batman. Jeff Johns. Uh, yeah, I, I can't wait, man. What, what, you, what, you know when it's going to come out? No. no I think. I think it's slated for 2018. I think. Because the next year is Wonder Woman and Justice League, and yeah, twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. I think they have one more movie in between, right before. And then Wonder Woman, Justice League, and Batman. Yeah, it's Wonder Woman, Justice League, then The Flash. Flash oh, get a movie? Yeah, Flash movie. And then I think they're going to do either the Untitled Batman movie or the the uh, Man of Steel sequel. That yeah, we never got. after Justice League, so yeah, he'll be back. Mm-hmm. Black suit and all. Anyway, so that's my dream. And Deathstroke better... Be, <coughs> Joe Manganiello, don't let me down. Oh, yeah. You were Flash Thompson, you can be Deathstroke. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Number one. Number one, uh, new DC on CW. New shows. No, they're coming back. Oh, they're coming back. Um, the Arrowverse shows. The Arrowverse sh- shows are coming back, ladies and gentlemen. Shirtless Boy Network. Yes, on on straight out Amber Crombie and Fitch catalog network. Uh, 
where everybody's pretty. Yeah, so you got uh, season three of Flash, which I love Flash. Mm-hmm. Season. Uh, you haven't two? watched season two yet, huh? I can't. It's it's not I, up yet. It's probably it, gonna be up this week because on what Netflix is it? I hope I refresh it all the time. The only reason I watch Netflix now. They pretty much do that. They do whenever the when the new shows start. Yeah, they did blah. I wanted to watch it on Hulu. They gave me episode two, five, and seven. I'm like, oh, thanks. Well, it's because they worked. Uh, originally, what happened was uh, CW was gonna pull all the shows from Netflix because they were gonna do their own streaming service. Oh god, but. Okay didn't work out so and they worked out a new deal to keep the shows on on yeah CW, five, on like, netflix uh, so they're probably gonna uh when the show comes out that's when they premiere the previous season because they i don't know why it makes more sense to do it like two weeks prior so that way people can binge it and then watch it if they haven't yeah because when you binge a show like everyone's talking about it i don't mm-hmm. know what helps but so just try to like Buy a season pass for something on Hulu or Amazon TV or something and watch season three whenever you can get through season two because season two is really good. Oh, I'll go for it fast. It's pun. <laughs> You'll go through it in a flash. Yep. And so it was season three of Arrow and they're touching, they're doing the Flashpoint storyline. Yeah, I heard it was this. He's dealing with repercussions of that one episode and him go back and forth. Which I just saw, I've been watching clips of Flashpoint Paradox from the. The animated movie? Oh, God. Best animated movie. Go buy or watch or download an Amazon Flashpoint Paradox. It's so much darker than I thought it was. He burns. He gets electrocuted and he's like a smoldering like husk. And he's like, help me. Thomas Wayne Batman throws people off roofs. Uh, Wonder Woman kills Billy Bastion in the boy form. Yeah. And what's it called? Um, Ed freaking Aquaman be cutting people's heads off and crap. I like it because what's his name is in it? Was it... Uh, from uh, X-Force, Renegade or whatever them, he has that red mask. He just has a trench coat and stuff. I don't know his name. Grif- oh, God. Grifter? I think that's what they call it. Grifter? Oh, God, man. I'm like, we're, like, he's in this? Oh, that's great. Reverse Flash, Eobarthon. Uh, that was a perfect voice for him, wasn't it? Yeah, Steve Thomas Howell. Yeah. Even though I, I still like... Uh, I actually like the guy from Flash, the the actual Flash, not, uh, the actual Reverse Flash, not... Uh, Harrison Wells' version of, of Reverse Flash. I like Harrison Wells, too, but I really like the one who originally plays him, like in the the original Eobarthon. Do you remember that episode where they touch on his... on who he actually... when he comes oh, back Oh, when he, time, like, vibrates his face and changes? No, no, no. When he, um... When Reverse Flash comes back in time... I've only seen the first kill, season. You've only seen the first... Yeah, no, no. Right. It's in the first season. It's in, like, towards the end of season one. Yeah. Where they, uh... They show Reverse Flash's origin story, basically, like how, like after he kills um, Barry Allen's mom, he loses his connection to the Speed Force, and he's stuck yeah. in uh, twenty in two thousand and in two thousand because it's fifteen years before the start of the series. Anyway, um, in his he's in his original Eobarthon form, which is. Um, a blonde dude, yeah, more traditional to the comic books, and what he does is he takes on the persona of Harrison Wells to speed up the no pun intended uh, uh, particle accelerator explosion, which gives Flash his powers. Yeah, that's what I said. He vibrates his face muscles and turns it in. 
No, he doesn't vibrate at all. What he does is he uses this weird future technology. Oh, is that, that what he did? Yeah, he connects it to Harrison Wells, and he connects it to him. Oh, yeah. And he, had he the, kills Harrison Wells. He had the hard drive right yeah, there. Yeah, and he kills Harrison Wells, the original Harrison Wells. Who makes something like that? How did he know? Oh, I guess he did know. He's he from the it. future. But how do you know? What did he like? Have it in his fanny pack when he like? Oh, suddenly I'm stuck. Oh, good thing I have this. I don't know. He has a ring with the suit in it, so yeah, he probably does. He says, uh, "What's that? What's Deadpool have that? Uh, the the magic satchel. The magic satchel. Has the magic satchel ring? Yeah, he probably he probably takes anything he needs just in case. Oh, you don't watch Venture Brothers, do you? No. There's this guy called Fat Chance. He's a big fat guy who has a dot on his um, stomach, and he just pulls out random stuff on it. And he's a big quest question mark. That's why he's called Fat Chance. Oh, it's great. Watch Venture Brothers. So anyway, so that's we're gonna get Flashpoint. Then season five of Arrow, which they keep saying this every season, and I'm hoping they do die. it. No, they're gonna they're going back to basics. They're going dark again. I hear that a lot, and yeah. I don't even watch the damn show. Yeah, because uh, season one was like the darkest season they had. Because all basically they set up Oliver Queen in season one to be the Arrow versus version of Batman because they don't have Batman. Yeah, I saw him in Flash where um, he's gonna get some information from a security guard just watching his monitors and stuff and he like pins him to the wall with arrows and stuff yeah damn hardcore and basically ever since they introduced flash and uh felicity smoke character it's they're slowly lightening oliver queen up to not be so violent because they don't think that you know he's learned how to pretty much like just detach himself from from his humanity in um season one from being on the island for so long, so he kills. He up and kills people no matter what. He doesn't care. Like if he gotta kill them, he killed them. He don't care. And season two, he start. He doesn't kill anymore, except for a I couple promise, times. Promise, super like super solid. Yeah, he kills a couple times, but only when he has no choice. They make a big point to that. Mm-hmm. Season three, he same thing. He he tries not to kill, but if he has to, he'll kill somebody. Like he killed Ra's al Ghul at the very end. He killed Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, he killed Ra's al Ghul. Like, not permanently? Not permanently. Okay. No, no, permanently, actually. How do you, you can't kill him permanently. Was if he a you, big thing? If you kill him when he's not anywhere near a Lazarus pit, you can kill him permanently. If somebody dumps him in a Lazarus pit, then he comes back. What, did they cut off his head and burn his body? Cause... No, what happened is in season three of Arrow, uh, he made a deal with Nisa al Ghul. Or no, not Nisa. Uh, Malcolm Merlin. That if he... That and Nisa al Ghul actually, because there's no um, Talia al Ghul. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know who these people are. Go Nisa al Ghul is oh, she's some she's known as something else in the comics. Uh, Nisa Bitch. something, yeah, but uh, she's not al Ghul. Uh, but she's uh, Arrowverse's version of Talia al Ghul, basically, where uh, she even has a, a beloved who's a woman. Uh, I love it. Anyway, um, it's actually Black Canary, Sarah Lance. Real fast, uh, real fast. From the animated series of Batman, what did you like hearing better? Better, beloved or detective? Who's detective. Sa- oh God, yeah. Detective. Yes. Oh God, man, he said it's so nice. Like rewind it. Like, uh, come to kill me, detective. Oh God, he keeps saying it. I mean, so, yeah, I so like I like hearing beloved, but detective. Yeah. Detective. Hands down. I really wish they, if they re- ever reintroduce. Rachel Ghoul into the uh, they can too into the Batman universe in the movies. They set it up where he calls him detective. Well, I guess you can't. And they get a really good British actor, right? No, in the Batman universe, the movie universe. Sorry, 
So go on. Anyway, um, Arrow. In season three, he he kills Razo Gul at the end. That's the one person he kills. And then season four, pretty much kills nobody except for the main villain at the very end again. And uh, but apparently in season five, because they're already showing it, and it's not a spoiler because they showed it in the trailer, he's back to killing. Does Flashpoint mess it up? No, actually, they've they said uh, Flashpoint isn't going to affect the current slate of TV shows. That was the whole reason you have Flashpoint and mixed it up. Well, what they're doing is they're creating. Uh, it's. I think they're going to do the um, the Back to the Future like version of how timelines work. You can't do timelines. Watch episode four. You can't Doc Brown timeline to crap. Crap! They do do that, didn't they? They did make fun of that. But anyway, I think they're going to do that. Fun of that. I broke it down. Like you can, Doc Brown timelines is crap. That can't have one. No, his science in the movie doesn't make sense to that whole episode, season two. Go on. Okay, so I, well, I thought the whole reason this time point would change things up for Shirtless Boy Network. That's why Wonder Woman's meeting the Flash, Supergirl. Was, Supergirl. Sorry, Supergirl's meeting the no, Flash. No, Supergirl and uh, and all of them are in a different universe. Because it's the multi-world. Season 2 introduces the multiverse in Flash. Okay. So season, season 2 introduces the multiverse. So Supergirl takes place in a different universe that uh, Barry Allen can get to because, you know, he can, he can create the, the um, what do you call it? What do they call it? What do they call it? He can create what? Uh, breach. Breaches into other worlds. Okay. And he can go through these worlds because he can... Run so fast. And um, he ends up going into Supergirl's timeline or universe and everything like that. So that's how Supergirl can exist in the same universe as Arrow because Flash is the connecting point. So how they're going to have her get to all of them, I don't know. We'll find out. But anyway, um, I think what they're going to do is they're going to do – they are going to probably do the Doc Brown uh, theory – of how timelines work were at the point where Barry Allen changes the timeline, he creates a separate uh, timeline. But realistically, there's an actual timeline that they can get back to if he goes back to that point where he changed time yeah, I thought and that's stops how he, himself. I thought all these were connected. I had some respect for this, like all these DC shows. DC shows are, well, I'm not much for Arrow, but they're really good. I want to watch Supergirl now. Well, season two kind of actually touches on the fact that you can have separate timelines because of the fact that... That's cool. Uh, Just reference. I'm all about referencing. Yeah, no, they reference it in season two because what uh, they're... Because in season two, spoiler alert, uh, Reverse Flash comes back, even though he's dead. Oh, you dick. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. But he's they... Back? But it's actually not the reverse flash. Stop talking! Oh. Okay, go, go, go. <laughs> You're going to listen to this episode, you know that, right? Uh, okay, reverse flash comes back. But it's, it's, it's not really a spoiler because it's just... Basically what they say is that it's a time remnant. What happens is the version of Eobarthon that was alive that came back to... This is the version of Eobarthon that came back to find out which era, which timeline the Flash is from so he could find out which when at what point to come back in time and kill the Flash's mom. okay so it's because not really really a spoiler because yeah it's time travel yeah okay. it's time travel it's not Doc Brown knowledge it's just it's no but they do introduce the fact that there could be multiple versions of 
the timelines. Okay, but the Doc Brown version would be if uh, Reverse Flash came back, anything he would change would change the fact that he did come in back. And because that's what actually that's what um, Iabarthan did when he came when he sped up the the timeline to uh, create the particle accelerator explosion before it was supposed to be. He did it five years earlier. So by doing that, he in in that in and of itself created a new timeline. I'm destroying this time travel thing again. In episode 21, now, mm-hmm. if you go into point, let's say four, and you're like doing stuff, screwing up, and you die at point four, the part of you from the future cannot go in point three and fuck stuff up because point four would never exist. So, no. Well, we'll see in season three how they explain all this stuff happening. Because even cause in the Flashpoint Paradox, when he cha- when he saves his mom, or when they save his like mom... like 15 flashes in yeah. there, all giving high fives and... Pretty much. Uh, in the Flashpoint Paradox, the animated series, he... When Barry Allen... Like, when the timeline changes, Barry Allen doesn't have his powers. Correct? Makes sense, yes. And that's because in, the accident never happened. We've already seen in trailers for season three that even though Barry Allen changed the timeline, he still has his powers. Which means, because I think what they're going to show, what they're going to do, what happened, what they're going to show that happens is... God, I don't want to watch this season. Barry, it looks like what they're doing is uh, Barry Allen actually, after he saves his mom at the end of season two and creates the Flashpoint uh, timeline, he's going back to that point in time. Kind of like how Marty did in Back to the Future too, when when they after that Biff takes movie. after Biff takes the uh, the sports almanac back and the timeline changes, they go back to that 1984 where Biff's uh, like a uh, Donald Trump, yeah, uh, circa 1984. Uh, that's probably what they're gonna do. They're gonna have that way of doing it where Barry Allen goes back to where he left off, but it turns out that it's actually the new timeline that he created but he still has all the memories and the and his access to the speed force but pretty soon it's all going to deteriorate and go away because he's going to take over the that Barry Allen that he's already that's already existed in that so he timeline. fuses in that body because that's what happens he takes he, over that yeah, consciousness he takes over that consciousness that makes a lot more sense but for some sense. reason he still has access to the speed force which won't make sense but Flash has a very good good way of I like the show so yeah. far, so... Because when they did that, when I told you when, when, when Reverse Flash comes back, my mind was already racing, like, how are they going to do this? Reverse Flash is dead. And they explain it within five minutes of the show. Nah, I'll watch it. So, um, season two of Legends of Tomorrow. Also. I can't speak on anything of that, other than they are introducing the Justice Society of America, and they are doing common accurate costumes, which look campy as hell. The hell are you talking about? That show is crap. That Ant Man is. Uh, sorry, Ant Man. Uh, the Atom. Oh, you mean Iron Man? Yeah, you mean Iron Man? Who can it, shrink? Iron does Man. he even shrink in the show? Yeah, he does. Jeez, I watched like four Iron episodes Man where the do- that the dime store Doctor Who comes and like. Brings him back for no reason. It just disappears, half in set, and like, the don't walk, don't gun. go outside, villains. But you know, I'm gonna go over here off camera. But don't go outside. And what like, I really didn't like about Legends of Tomorrow, the acting. 
Oh yeah, some of those act, some of the acting is bad in that in that show. Like four of the characters I can do without. Uh, the guy who plays fi- the other half of Firestorm. Um, Did they change him too? Like in mid season? No, 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 they didn't change him. You sure? I'm positive. Okay. Because he's still on, but he it's not Ronnie Raymond anymore. It's Jack's. That would always, that threw me off. Like who's this jackass fusing with him now? Because it's the season two of, of Flash where they explain that. I still gotta watch season two. Go on. Okay, so um, it just reminded me of the tail end of Smallville, where it started getting super campy. Like after season, I think after season seven, they just started going more and more camp. Like I remember, I liked Smallville because even my mom said it when I started watching Smallville. Did they just kill somebody in Superman? There was real act, real consequences to these villains. It wasn't just like the adventures of uh, the new adventures of Lois and Clark, where it was like. Uh, oh, villain of the week! He just throws somebody against the wall with full f- super I like strength, but, of the week, doesn't di- but... but doesn't die. But I'm saying, can't be villain of the week. I don't mind villain of the week, but you know, you remember the old Superman movie, the old Superman TV show with Dean Cain, very very campy in the early '90s. No, you don't remember with the sh- live action? Yes, the one with uh, Terry oh. Hatcher. Oh, yeah. Um, I never watched it. You never watched it? No, it looked terrible. I don't know, they're, 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 their characters, were, their actors were so off-putting. Well, it was early 90s television. Nobody was good at acting on TV at that time. Because yeah. TV was still, like, second tier. Yeah, you think not... I'd watch it, but no, it just drove me away. Yeah, no, it was very campy. I, I rewatched watched it recently because it, it was on Netflix. And uh, super campy. I didn't realize how campy it was. And that's where Smallville... Went towards the later seasons. I didn't watch Smallville either. Huh? I didn't watch Smallville either. You don't watch Smallville? That's right. I said it. One through six are like the best seasons. Everything else after that was just like it that's was totally a shirtless bad. boy network. I was no. I didn't one through five. Stuff. One through five. It was after season six. I remember those last four seasons. Uh, season, I think it was season eight, is when they they had a little bit of a redeeming quality to that because they introduced the Candor storyline with uh, clone versions of of all your favorite Kryptonians, such as uh, uh, Zod and uh, Theora. Huh, that's funny. So, like, so do you like Legends of Tomorrow? No, or? I do not like no, Legends of Tomorrow. I okay. gave up on it after four episodes. Exactly, right? It's crap. Maybe three episodes. Good. I can't remember. And just because, like, it was too much for me. Like, the characters try to do too much. All of them, like, and, and they've forced some love stories that didn't need to be there like they always do in CW shows I didn't like how their uh, Hawk Woman and Hawk Guy's wings just disappeared for budget's sake yeah it's and it looked terrible CG. easier CG uh, that Hawk Guy we saw at Palm Springs Comic Con was way better oh yeah that was great and uh, I really hate the fact that uh, the future the uh, the dime store Doctor Who as you like to call him dude eat the same premise hey, I know he's a character but Damn, he's like, he's a, what's it, time, he's not a Time Lord, he's a what? Time Master. Time Master that time steals a time machine, like Doctor Who did, to go into the past to fix stuff. The future. The, the future? Yes, yeah, the future. Where, is, he, is he from the present? No, he's from the future. Then who cares, it's the future. Well, for him it's the present then, but for them it's the future. Oh, he's from the future. Yeah, he's from he's the from future. He's from the farther future. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, he fixes it. Wait, it's just it's just crap. And, and the dude was from Doctor Who. Oh yeah, no, he was. Uh, he was a. Uh... He was. I, no one knows his name. I forgot his name. 
Uh, he dated Amy. Amy Pond. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we remember her name. Mm. Karen Gillum. Anyway, um, anyway, what was I saying? Oh, it yes. Sucks. Legends of Tomorrow. And I didn't like that, make sh- that Dinosaur Doctor Who had a six-shooter with LED lights on it, and it was a blaster. That was terrible. It was like, and he was just like, pshoom, pshoom, pshoom. I'm like, either give him a really cool futuristic gun or give him a real gun. None of this, this is something I made on the cheap. Yeah, that, it looks like they found reasons. it in, um, in stock a, rooms. No, it, look, it honestly looks like they found it at a Walmart, and they're like, this I remember it looking bad. Gun. Yeah, that's, it, it just, I just stopped watching. I so stopped that's crap. Uh, next was season two of Supergirl, which, which season one's on Netflix now. Season one is on Netflix. Binge it. It's actually decent. It's, I want to because it gets campy at certain points in the show, like with the acting and everything like that. But not like, not. I mean, some episodes are really campy. Some episodes are actually pretty good. Well, I was um, listening to like Kevin Smith, who talks about very highly of Supergirl because he says it's a lot like The Flash. He's actually directing uh, an episode of yeah, Supergirl this season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is. It is very much like the Flash. It's, which, yeah, uh, I'm good with. Which is why when they team up in in that in one of the episodes, it's the villains. Eh, super campy as hell. Yeah, the villains in that episode campy as hell. Is Parasite in it? Parasite is not in it yet, but uh, we we just got introduced. We're getting in season two. We're getting introduced to Superman. He, yeah, that he's vaguely Superman. referenced in Supergirl. They show his boots a lot and Ooh. his silhouette because they didn't cast anybody. The original plan for Supergirl was never to have Superman yeah, I heard that. show his face. But what happened was because they they pretty much show that he's he exists, but they didn't want to paint themselves in the corner where they had to do that cheesy storyline where, oh, Superman gets thrown into the Phantom Zone for, or something and that's why he's gone for so long. That's why he's gone and that's why you can never see him. So what they did is they kind of like tried to appease fans by having just an extra wear Superman boots and they had a vague silhouette of a guy in a Superman costume, which they probably just used on the, on the Warner Brothers lot. Yeah. They had in stock. But this season they're actually introducing Superman as a character and he's going to have a significant arc. And we're going to see a lot of team-ups, and we're probably going to get introduced to a lot of Superman villains that we've never... That Is Metallo in it? Yes, I, they actually... There's a, this set video going on right now where it shows Superman fighting some fighting a villain. And if you freeze-frame... The guy who was showing this video freeze-frames it at certain points because, you know, he obviously got no life. If he cut in together he a just saw, like, freaking set video he saw a green light in the, in the center that's and awesome he's, he's assuming that's metallo which would be cool and you can do a lot of cool episodes for like i forgot the um what's it called the toy man they already have the toy, toy man. man what's it called it's that plant that cooks on your chest and turns you into a coma but you're supposed to be the black mercy or something like that they already have that they oh. had that in Supergirl season one. Oh, awesome! I want to watch this episode. It was, it was, um, it was like a parasite thing. It gives you, um, it, it's feeding off you your want, life. Right? For, yeah, it gives you your your greatest fantasies basically, so it can like feed yeah, off the your Black energy. Mercy? Something like that, yeah. And it shows. Uh, who who yeah. introduces it? Who's the villain that introduces it? 
I don't know, but in the show it was this guy named Non. Is he yellow? Oh no, he's not. He's a Kryptonian in the show. Okay, then it was a um different guy. What's his name? He's all yellow, spaceman. I forget. So yeah, it looks good. It is actually pretty Actually, good. I want to watch it. It's on Netflix, so. Yeah, it's, it's on Netflix. Watch it with your daughter. Give her a superheroine to look up <laughs> to. And like the Flash episode is really good, too. The oh, crossover. Yeah, I want to watch it. So that's the CW slate, and look forward to that very much so. I'm a big fan of the Arrowverse and everything Greg Berlanti has brought us, except for Legends of Tomorrow. But I might give him a pass on season two, even though season two looks I'm like surprised total they got a season dog two. shit. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised as much surprised as you are. And they cut off one of my favorite shows on CW, which a lot of people, I might get a little hate for this, but the originals. Uh, the, the, the Vampire Diaries spinoff, which is way better than The Vampire Diaries. And they didn't bring back Constantine. I still want to watch that. Well, they, supposedly Constantine's going to have another little small arc in season five of Arrow because they introduced him in season four. Wait, weren't they bringing, um, the, oh wait, that's CC. I forgot. I'll shut up. Go on. I uh, know that's all. There's something. I forgot what it was. It's um, the Hellblazer Club or something like that, where it's Dead Man, Constantine, Justice League Dark. Just that's what it was. I'm thinking like the Dark Avengers. But that's not right. I like. I thought they were gonna do that for the TV universe, but Constantine got canceled, and I think that pretty much killed any chance of a Justice League Dark. I still on TV. I like right Constantine. Now. I want to watch it. Well, what they need to do is Netflix needs to. Strike a deal with uh, yeah, reboot with DC, it. so they can can do a Justice League Dark on Netflix, where they can get away with a lot more stuff than CW. But yeah, anyway, moving on from nerdy news headlines, we have one movie to review today. Yep, and that is Suicide Squad. Yeah, it was a good movie. It was a pretty good movie. I was actually surprised because I heard some really bad things about it but I was pleasantly yeah, surprised yeah wasn't that weird Rotten Tomatoes gave it such these like terrible reviews well I understand why they gave it the bad reviews I mean I liked it but you I mean Not I'll call that. a spade a spade the the story the plot was a little convoluted the villain sucked ass and the only redeeming quality was the actual Suicide Squad yeah but I never seen Rotten Tomatoes attack a movie for that usually just they don't like just give out stuff I have a, a theory because Ghostbusters got a high thing on Rotten Tomatoes, I think. Right? They did. They got like a no, ninety-seven. I mean, it didn't. No, it didn't get a ninety-seven. It got something ridiculous, like seventy, I think. Seventy. Yeah. I think it got like a seventy-one. But yeah, remember. Let me look it up. I'm gonna look up Rotten Tomatoes score for Ghostbusters. Real so quick. yeah, so you go on your low rant right now. <laughs> no, I liked it. It was just weird that Suicide Squad got this such a low score, but I really liked it. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't, it damn wasn't um, uh, Captain America Civil War. There's a little bit of a controversy with the ratings for, with the Rotten Tomatoes score with uh, Ghostbusters, though, because there's it's a... crap. No one believes No, it. I mean, they, the general consensus is the, the story was, was crap, the villain was, was stupid, and... The only redeeming quality about the movie was the Ghostbusters themselves and their chemistry, except, I mean, Kate McKinnon's character got mixed reviews. A lot of people liked her over-the-top performance, comed- like, over-the-top, like, kind of like... The blonde like, one, right? Yeah, the blonde one. Oh, okay. Over-the-top, a lot of people didn't. I'm, I fall in the camp where I didn't like her 
her over the top form. Well, I didn't see the movie, so I just see I see her on SNL and she's hilarious. Yeah, she I mean she she's funny, but I just feel like in the movie they did they went a little overboard with her being so over the top because like she was supposed to be the Egon type character and we all know Egon was like straight he was man. funny, but he was like yeah, like you said, the straight man funny. Oh god, I just watched him now cuz he's my favorite mm-hmm. character. But the um the front tomatoes the the controversy when it first came out was a lot of the reviewers were giving it a fresh rating because they didn't want to be accused of being misogynistic. It's like, was it? You don't put your social name under what you think about. It's anonymous. No, not in Rotten Tomatoes. You to put your full name and stuff. The way the score gets aggregated is uh, out of a hundred. Uh, Certified reviews from certified reviewers, they, they base cer- the score. Yes. I don't think they're certified. That's they the are certified. You have to get certified as a as a real film critic to have your to submit your review to Rotten Tomatoes because Rotten Tomatoes is a is a congregation of reviews. It's not an actual like um, like an open um, web form. Or yeah, it's not like they don't employ critics. What they do is they people who are certified to review movies through Rotten Tomatoes to submit reviews, they collect the reviews and they base the, the average score out of five. Are we on there? We are not on there. <laughs> it's a process. It's a process to get, approved, to get certified through Rotten Tomatoes. And you have to give it a score out of five. So basically, and fresh is three out of five. So if you say, I didn't like the movie because you know the, the story was a little convoluted, there was too much CGI, but I really did like the chemistry between the the, the actors and I thought they they were the, the good part of the movie so I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5 okay and that tally that fresh. up fresh yes so, and that's how they tally it up they don't tally it up based on it's not not everybody gave it a 5 out of 5 or 1 out of 1 it's or 1 out of 5 it's if it's 2 it's rotten if it's 3 it's fresh if it's 5 it's super fresh basically it's like if everybody gives it a, a 5 out of 5 yeah it's and if okay, if out of a hundred critics, they all give it a, a three out of five. It's still gonna get a hundred percent. But how did fresh. Suicide Squad get so low? It was a, a really good movie, really decent, really good. I enjoyed myself because a lot of people are having that same like kind of like theological battle with Rotten, with uh, Rotten Tomatoes and Suicide Squad, like. They don't understand how so many critics can give it a rotten. And it's because of the same thing I said about uh, Ghostbusters. They liked it enough to give it a three. But they didn't like it. They didn't hate it enough to give it a two. Or like a 2.5 or it's something just, like that. It's just weird because they were going on at the same time. Like, um, I didn't see Ghostbusters, so I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what the biggest criticisms of, of Suicide Squad are versus the biggest criticisms of Ghostbusters. The biggest criticism of Suicide Squad is the plot didn't really make much sense. Like, how they were, and they didn't, a lot of people didn't like the the random music that just started playing. Like, it it, it really looked like it was really? just added in last minute. Like, all the music, the different really? songs. Yeah, yeah. Kind of ish. I know the part where, um... Especially in the beginning. Like, if everybody, if, like, two of them have their own thing... They're different people. You gotta have different music. Not different, like, popular music. So you can have different, like, like theme like like score music and everything like that for, you know, for the characters movies like that no more man they they did it for batman v superman which came out 
in life. Yeah, yeah, okay. Everyone had their own unique theme. But okay. But that's ahead. because it was Hans Zimmer and Junkie yeah. XL who wrote who wrote the score. Uh, I gotta look up Suicide Squad. Who did the Terror is a joke Squad. that um, during the trailers, everyone, the guy who did this movie, Suicide Squad, was mm-hmm. a big fan of Wayne's World because they played, um, what was it, uh, Queen mm-hmm. and um, Ballroom Blitz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, funny stuff. I liked it. It was a good movie. I liked um, The Joker. Stephen Price, whoever the hell that is. Uh, that's who did it. Yeah, I liked The Joker too. Biggest criticism, I'm gonna, like I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go down the biggest criticism. They didn't like the plot. Thought it was a little over, a little convoluted. Didn't make much sense. It didn't really explain, and especially with the whole like, the big, the biggest thing is they, they're making fun of is uh, Amanda Waller's biggest selling point for needing the Suicide Squad is all the metahumans out there, and like if Superman wanted to uh, break into the White yeah. House, he would stop him. So they have guy. two metahumans on their on their team. Yeah, I, I, it was that was like, well, what else are they gonna do? Exactly, really, right? It could have had... It's the same just, point as the S.H.I.E.L.D. As S.H.I.E.L.D., like... It is, but they their selling point was that they were going to use the Suicide Squad to fight Superman, who, if Superman went dark, if they had a dark Superman. And the biggest criticism is, but the team you assembled, Superman could kill them in two seconds. Yeah, but they, don't, they didn't have the Flash. They didn't have Batman in jail. That's... They had that for what if they, they if they explained it a little bit better, like if they needed well, of like course. if they said instead of their selling point being who would have stopped Superman if he wanted to break into the White House and kidnap the president, if the selling point was we have this new metahuman How threat. How can they use Lex? I don't know. The I guess he's not meta, but well, he's not. He's not a. He's not he's what they need. He's a terrible villain. That Basically, like... I like the, the, the Arrow version of the Suicide Squad from the TV show because they explain it better. They say, we need black op- op- operatives who, if, we get in, if their cover's blown, they're just bad guys we can... Yeah, that makes sense. It didn't make sense that people were upset that, like you said, if, Bat- if Superman just wanted to go crazy. Like, mm-hmm. what are they going to do? What, like, what are, throw rocks at him and stuff? Throw but a that's why they have... A, that's their main gripe with the script, with that writing point, which was their selling point for the Suicide Squad was they need metahumans to fight metahumans, but well, they only have two metahumans, and everyone else is just basically human. Well, didn't they rewrite the script? Because I know a lot of stuff were changed. They did rewrites. They did uh, reshoots and rewrites, which were... Some people say that the... Reshoots added more humor in after the negative reviews for Batman v Superman. Yeah, because I heard it was very a lot more dark, especially the Joker and Harley Quinn. He was like, like physically abusive and stuff. And they're like, mm-hmm. eh, well, uh, we want to get like you know PG. You don't want to get slapped in the corner. Well, the, the okay, the the rating for Suicide Squad was twenty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which was, and that's out of two hundred eighty nine reviews. I don't know the math. But that's like at least that's a mad. quarter of them gave it a positive review, and more than that gave it a negative review. Oh. So base or no? Sorry, yeah, no, yeah, that's what I meant. Um, well, I'm gonna give it a better review than that. But the reason why, like I said, the reason why people like I like Suicide Squad for the Suicide Squad for Harley Quinn. Deadshot, and Captain Boomerang. He was funny. 
those were my only three characters I liked from the entire movie. I liked Amanda Waller too, but you know, she's not. She she's was not a like, squad. She's she's the wall. Definitely, she's definitely the wall. Yeah, that was the, that was a good um, actress for that part. Mm-hmm. Which is, she has plays the same part in some TV shows she plays. Yeah. But what I really Brass didn't balls. like about what I really didn't like about Suicide Squad, which is why I can agree with the twenty six percent rating on Suicide Squad, was the plot was bad. Didn't make sense. Yeah, they went gone. And the villain is the worst DC villain we've ever had. What? Worse than Lex Luthor? I know everything, but I'm not going to give it to the cut. Yes, I think she, I think she was literally worse than Lex Luthor. The only part I didn't like about her that he was building a weapon, and we never knew what the weapon was, and we never. It was knew just why. another beam in the sky that we seen. All yes, exactly, year. exactly. But she had a reason. She didn't have a reason. Yes, she did. What was her reason? To kill people. Why? Because she was an ancient god of um, something. Because she used to control the planet, and then the people she controlled... It wasn't the planet. That area she controlled, mm-hmm. and then they trapped her in that... What was it? Doll or a heart? What was it again? They cut her heart out. Yeah. And they imprisoned her, so she wanted revenge on the people... That's why she said, like... They uh they don't worship gods anymore. They don't worship us. They worship these um machines. Yeah, machines. So, so she's gonna build a machine. She didn't what do the hell is a machine? Exactly. She didn't do jackass. I can't defend her after that part. I like the <laughs> dancing, but like, oh my god, that's like actually what everybody hates about is the the dancing spell thing. If there's like, someone on camera half naked shaking her hips, and it's not the whole movie. It's not Magic Mike. That wasn't the whole movie. I'm not complaining. Mm-hmm. It, it was interesting. Yeah, I like goth girls. What can I say? Okay, but um, it's the part. It was stupid that they get sent there and kill all the uh, cannon fire guys. And there's just a lot of di- uh, directing choices in the movie that I feel like they could have done better, but they. They were. T- I think they were too afraid to go there again because of the criticism they got from Batman v Superman being too dark and broody. No, it, the problem with Batman and Superman it was edited terribly. Yes, like insulting. And I bad. felt like in this, the same problem. The same editor was doing this movie too. No, the because... editors from the the trailers were so good that the, that they put them in charge of editing the movie. That never happens. The trailer was so amazing. That those guys got hired to play to do that. On um, which one? Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, really? Yeah, that never happens. They put those guys in charge. Cause like, cause this happened. Like I said, that's why we keep bringing up Ghostbusters. This stuff happened the same time. Ghostbusters trailer was so bad that no one watched the movie. Suicide Squad trailer was so amazing. I actually, found out uh, John Gilroy, he was a longtime editor, uh, edited Suicide Squad, and he is not. A trailer editor. He didn't do the trailer for a Suicide Squad. Did not do the trailer for. They trailers are usually done by. Sometimes they're done in house by. Not the not the people who edit the movies, but by advertising firms that specialize in putting the right scenes in the movie that are going to get people to come and do. Yeah, big explosions. Wow, blah blah. That's why there's like when there's a bad trailer. 
there's usually a lot of criticism on the trailer and and the people who edited the trailer. Like, let's let's see the three main examples of bad trailers for good movies. John Carter of Mars, or John Carter. Yeah. Which is Avatar. Avatar. Yeah, that's a good Bender. trailer for bad movie. The Airbender. Yeah, and that's a good trailer for bad movie. Um, Dragon Ball Z. It's a bad trailer for. I said bad trailer for good movies. Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Which was a really good movie with a bad trailer. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what's the other one? Just recently. Bad trailer for a good movie. Yeah, bad trailer for a good movie. Um. I can't yeah. think of it. But <laughs> we'll go with the two. Two examples. And the main complaint is that they advertise a movie that n- no that looked bad, but in re- in actuality was good. Especially like John Carter, which was really good. You let me borrow that DVD, which is really good. John oh, I love Carter. that movie. And uh, Edge of Tomorrow, which is really good. They Wait, pretty so much you, didn't know how to market the movie. So, so you they, didn't like the movie, Suicide Squad, or the trailer? Because I like both. I like, no, I like the trailer. And I... I look at. I love the first trailer and the first and second trailer. Huh? I didn't mind the third trailer, but I really like the first and second trailer. But the trailers didn't tell you any story, though. It was just like boom, boom, mm-hmm. explosion, terrifying. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, it 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 did a good job at making me make up a story that I wanted to see, and that's kind of like what I like some trailers to do. Yeah, like like what are they going to do? Yeah, what that, that brings do? up talking. That, that's how you do. A good oh, trailer. and then another criticism they have is that. Pretty much Joker, all the Joker scenes were in the trailer. Well, yeah, they had more Except stuff. for, oh, my favorite Joker scene in the trailer is like, I can't wait to show you all my toys. And he's like playing with that guy's face. I'm yeah. like, that's so Joker. And they cut it. They cut up a lot of stuff, which Jared Leto was upset about. Yeah, he's very upset. I mean, he went method for... He gave, he gave dead animal parts and wrote scary messages to everyone except for the woman who played Amanda Waller because her husband like is like a football player or something like that and she he knew that she didn't play that shit. So yeah, it was it was pretty funny. But uh And that's why he was so upset that so much of his stuff got left on the cutting room floor. It's because he gave his all for that role. And if he didn't and he thought he it, was, it was enough. He, he knew he wasn't gonna be like Heath Ledger's Joker, where he was gonna be in like every scene of the movie, like because Heath Ledger's Joker was like an integral oh, part, is... integral villain. Yeah. And everybody, when they saw the trailers, assumed Joker's the main villain. Joker's the guy that Suicide Squad's after. Joker's... I knew it wasn't gonna be that. It was too obvious. And I honestly like movies that do that, where it's the obvious choice because the obvious choice is sometimes the best choice. It's it's not fun for me when. They just try to go off the obvious choice for the sake of going off the obvious choice. Yeah. Well, it would have made more sense if Joker was the villain. It would have made more sense that Joker... That's too boring. Like, when I saw it... Boring. I don't think it would have been... I think it would have been a lot more entertaining than the villain we got and her reasoning. Well, the villain was good. They... They showed that, three times. That's the problem with this movie that I don't like. They had no idea what to do with these villains, these characters, except for Harley... Joker, Amanda Waller, and um, what, what's who's uh, Rick Flag? Yeah, Rick Flag. Everyone else, no idea what to do with Captain mm-hmm. Boomerang. They turn him into like a Deadpoolish kind of character. We made quips, especially no idea what to do with Killer Croc. 
he had no business being there except for every time someone um, talked, they would slowly turn the camera to him and he would do a one-liner. Mm-hmm. Terrible. My God, that was terrible. Mm-hmm. And um, besides that... Um, but the reason why I think Joker would have been a better villain is because it would have made more sense for the need of Suicide Squad. Like, we have the Joker who is... You could have either you could have even had him be the one who stole the heart from. That's what I thought. Like he's the one because during the trailer, I pick apart trailers. It's a superpower power of mine. I noticed that uh, what's what's the witch name again? Enchantress. Enchantress wasn't going to be a good guy because she was never standing with the bad guys. Mm -hmm. And I saw that there was a tentacle monster in it, so I knew it had to be magical. It's slightly in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I did the so same I knew thing. it was going to be Joker, so, and I, Joker. I, but I assumed it was going to be. I was guessing that Joker somehow got control of Enchantress and was using Enchantress to do whatever the hell he needed to yeah, do. Yeah, just another day as Joker. Just yeah, just another day as Joker. Like, how fun would it be if I had a magical creature at my beck and yeah, call? Yeah, he did it with um, Ace. With remember the World of Flesh Gang. Mm-hmm. But. The Joker. I think it was enough Joker, because I still didn't like his. I didn't think it was enough Joker. I thought they. I didn't like the tattoo. I still didn't like the tattoos. He did a good job because he mm-hmm. he's a great actor. He saved it because if it was anyone else, it would have been terrible. I didn't like the little ADR they had though, where they when they're in the helicopter and he sounded more Nixony than Nixony Joker. Like, like oh. Like, yeah, because oh, the thing like yeah. Nixon like yeah. how the Joker meets Elvis. Yeah, it was a weird because he's not. Any other Joker, he's barely even Joker. He's more of a gangster than anything. He kind of just does that weird stuff because more weird Joker, not crazy. Mm. Like, you talking all that chit-chat's going to get hurt. Yeah, he, you can tell he wasn't, like, insane, but he was more crazy like, this guy needs to be locked up because I don't feel safe in the same room with him. Mm-hmm. Harley Quinn is great, though. How do you like Harley Quinn? Oh, I loved Harley Quinn. I thought she was the saving grace of that movie. Yeah, and I knew as soon as they said Harley Quinn, that, like, it's going to be a Harley Quinn movie, which it was, and that's why you're going to see nothing but Harley Quinn and Deadpool this Halloween with kids. That's it. That's all you're going to see. So love that con- that little uh, mockumentary, mocky, mock uh, comic strip of, like, Married with Children where it's uh, Harley and Deadpool. Harley and Deadpool, yeah. yeah. Well, they're fun characters. They're fun characters. They're all, yeah, so... She's basically the Deadpool of the DC Universe. You mm-hmm. see tons of stuff. But yeah, she did a good job. I liked her. Um, I just feel like they could have done a lot better with Suicide Squad. I mean, I still enjoyed the movie. Yeah. And I will it was probably a- buy it on Blu-ray. And I'm not as upset with it as I am with Batman v Superman. Where, you're right, it is editing with Batman v Superman. But the tone was a little bit more coherent with Batman v Superman. Where I felt like Suicide Squad kind of mishmash their tone a little bit with like them trying to go the magical route with mixed in with the like the anti-hero route mixed in with oh my bad guys are gonna be good guys yeah my bad guys are gonna be good guys that's the thing with dc unless it's someone from the justice league every other superhero pretty much as to for a few exceptions boring except for the villains dc's got great villains mm-hmm. which they could have utilized a lot betterly better betterly, yes. better in suicide squad and in batman v superman especially i mean i still i still don't mind lex Luthor, 
But and I think, but I think the reason why Lex Luthor was worse towards the end. I thought he was really good at the beginning, Lex Luthor, of Batman v Superman. But he was just he went off the rails towards the end, and that's because they didn't explain what in the Ultimate Cut they, they explained explain anything. Yeah, they didn't explain movie. anything. Uh, he found a mother box. Is that no? No, he didn't find a mother box. When he was um, was it a mother box that he found? No, I can't remember. Someone found a mother box because that's what uh, they created Cyborg with. Yeah. Okay, I remember what it is. Um, when he found the ship, uh, when he was, when he pretty much learned everything about Kryptonian technology and all that stuff. Uh, I think in one, and they explained it in the ultimate cut in the deleted scenes where they what they add back, they cut back into the movie for a three-hour movie. Um, the three-hour radar. Steppenwolf, the Dark Side's uncle. I can't believe they put Steppenwolf in there. Yeah. He communicates with uh, with Lex Luthor. And the thing that they didn't really explain is this whole... Um, I think what actually was happening in the movie was Steppenwolf was showing Lex Luthor how to do all this stuff with Doomsday and all this Captain stuff. Exposition joins the the movie for a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's stupid. And the reason why they needed Lex Luthor to do all this stuff was because they need to prime Earth for Apocalypse. What? Stupid. The that's, mother boxes. Because then the, the deleted scene, he's communicating with Steppenwolf, and Steppenwolf shows him three mother boxes, which I think he's explaining... To Lex Luthor that there's three mother boxes in on Earth. I need you to collect them all so you can open up a portal to from Apocalypse so we can come through. So that's continuity. So he's that's gonna, they're going to rip continuity. open Cyborg and use that. But yeah, they're going to. And then there's. Uh, they also said that in Justice League there's going to be the other two mother boxes are in Themyscira, or yeah. That makes sense. The Amazon. With the Amazonians and Atlantis with the Atlanteans. Makes sense. Uh, bring them together. That's mm-hmm. that's that's writing. That's better writing than we got that means. Yeah. So Suicide Squad. So you didn't like the writing. Um, I still liked it. Um, it was a good movie. I still liked it. I mean, I I just I can understand more so why you got. I don't think it deserves a twenty six. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't deserve. I it. think it deserves a fifty six percent. More more so like closer to the fresh range. I don't think it deserves. Um, a fresh rating because I think they could have done a lot better, but I definitely don't think it deserves all the negative backlash it got. No, well, everyone that you know, regular people that watched it, everyone liked it. Yeah, and that, the people, pretty much the people who are the ones who are like me who can pick apart a movie by plot point by plot point, and for that reason, they give it a negative. They give it more so a negative review, um, and that's what a lot of critics who gave it a positive review were coming out and saying like. Yes, you can say that this was bad and you didn't like the villain and everything like that, but you shouldn't knock it down so much just because of those. You should knock it down because if it didn't entertain you. If you were, if you walked yeah, out of that theater you and you weren't honestly entertained, give it a negative review. But right. if you can walk out of that movie and say, uh, you know, some of the stuff they did didn't make sense, but I still like the movie, give it, you know... Give it a positive yeah. review. So, what did, uh, from 1 to 10, what did you give it? What do you think? I gave it, uh, 1 out of 10, I gave it 6 unicorns. 
I give six. Six Harley Quinn bats. There we go. So yeah, pretty good movie. Um, you know, it had its problems, but we all do. So next we have the game review. Um, you want to go first? Yeah, I go first. Why not? I have a game review for the first time in a long time. Uh, I want to talk about a gem from the early 2000s for PS2. Coming out at the height of the uh, Matrix craze, which was Enter the Matrix. Now, I got this game... Let's see, when did it enter? I'm going to look it up when Enter the Matrix came out. But it was I'm on GameCube, sure. I remember that, right? Yeah, it came out on everything. Um, that was with the side characters, the one that were in the Animatrix. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, uh, no, no, not the Animatrix. It was uh, the ones that were in the Matrix movie, the, but they were minor characters. It came out in 2003. Um, I was... I was 12 when that movie when that game came out, and I really liked it because I enjoyed the the Matrix movies. I mean, I had Matrix Reloaded on repeat in my house. Like I watched it literally every day, and I even mimicked Neo's little flight thing that he did when he like put his hand down and like, like Superman does now. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway. I like the game because it gave you a taste of the Matrix world, and it also there was also a little cool um, thing you can do at the when you beat every time you beat the the game on a different difficulty, they give you a hack, and you can hack the Matrix, uh. and you can do simulations and everything like that. You can do uh, the subway train from the original Matrix, and you can fight an agent and everything like that, and you can have, uh, and then you can also do you can also hack for you know. For cheat codes and everything like that, you can put in hacks and get like unlimited um, health, unlimited ammo, and all that stuff. But when I looked up the re- the reviews for it at the time, it got very negative reviews, and that's because I, looking back, thinking back at the game, I can understand why the controls I, are very hard to figure out. That's what got me. The controls are very weird. Yeah, it's like very stiff too. Very stiff and. You have like for a lot of the act the fight fighting, you have to um, enter into what do they call it? Oh, uh, I forgot what they call it. bullet time. Yeah, it was weird because I could never do the part where you had to jump from the wall. I would just like not but, yeah because you have to time it perfectly. To you have to be running, and you have to hit bullet time to be able to do all the wall flips and everything like that and. It also helps when you want to do, like, all those crazy, like, neck snaps and, like, disarmaments and re- reversals of the, the guns and everything like that and do all the cool gun tricks and bullet dodges and all that stuff. But it's also very – it's all about timing. And then once you can master the timing, you can pretty much do um, all the cool tr- Matrix tricks. But – the hardest part of that game is the freaking the racing parts of it, where you, where you're on the freeway and you're yeah, being chased like like... by all the by the twins, and you're you have to drive in the car, or you have to do getaways sometimes from uh, police, and then then they shift into agents, and then you have to like try to like get away from the agents, and then oh my god, the hardest thing ever, oh, is when a freaking agent comes out of nowhere. 
and you have you basically have to run from the agent because there's no fight in the agent because he'll kill you in two in two moves. Okay, so it's actually like yeah, and people. Okay, that's cool. That sounds like it shakes it up. Mm-hmm. And then there's this uh, one scene towards the end of the game where it's uh, you have to you're you're in the real world and you're flying the ship and remember in Matrix Revolutions when she's like no when they're like nobody can make that trip down the tunnels or the the back tunnels or whatever it is like I can I've did it I've done it before you do it in the game oh no way yeah and uh oh my god it's so hard so hard beat it? I beat it took me a while but I beat it and uh also the cool thing a cool thing about it was there's uh, live action cutscenes that they filmed exclusively for the game uh the Wachowskis uh did it in between while they were filming Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions. They because the the actors who appear in the movies are the main characters in the game. So they and you can play as either Niobe or Ghost, who are the two main character, who are two side characters from Reloaded and Revolutions. And um, they shot exclusive live action cutscenes for the movie or for the game. So it's kind of like you get, um, it's kind of like you're getting a side movie from Matrix Reloaded, which is really cool. That looked like a good game. As I played a little bit, it was a long time ago too. And then they came out with a game a few years later after, ooh, after Matrix Revolutions, uh, The Path of Neo, which was. That was a real game. I was looking was, up for this thing, and it just—I thought that was a fake thing. No, that's a real game. It's like an alternate take on the Matrix franchise, where um, the only—it's—it's it's weird because you get to play as Neo, and it's cool when you get to the Reloaded and Revolutions part of it, because you're playing as Neo, so you get the powers of the One and everything like that. So it kind of seems like. A little unfair though at that point because you're basically like a god, god, yeah. And you're like, it's things become a lot easier uh, than when you were playing through the original Matrix game. Uh, but they do a lot of weird things in there, like you know, it would have been cool if and they did it kind of in the same vein that they did Matrix uh, Enter the Matrix, where they had cutscenes. They could have, you could have been, you could have literally played as Neo. And then had cutscenes of the movie, and then play play out those scenes, but they did it in an alternate alternative take where it's like, well, yeah, you know, you know, this happened in the movie, but we're gonna put you through a different mission altogether in a different way because it makes more sense for the game to go this way than for you to go the way the movie did, which makes sense because then you just you would know how to beat the the level. Yeah. Because you like, oh, I've seen the movie, so I know go what I got to do. Go into Doc Brown physics, right? Yeah, go into Doc Brown physics. Oh, well, in this timeline, I did this, so I got to go like yeah, this I way. The movie, go, this go. timeline, yeah. Basically, and then they they do one cool thing at the end of Path of Neo, where it's uh, you get to the final boss battle instead of like because you fight um, you're fighting Agent Smith and you're flying and everything like that, <laughs> and you're fighting him through, you know, you're fighting him how you fight him in the movie and everything like that, but. When it comes to the end, instead of doing the the sacrifice thing where Neo like lets himself become Agent Smith so the machines can unplug him, and that's how he kills Smith. In this one, what they do is they they actually do a little cutscene where it's like 
well, the Wachowskis are are voicing avatars of themselves, and they are and they say we know that at this point you know if you've seen the movie Neo does the Jesus thing, which is cool, like for the movie, but the Jesus thing really doesn't work in video games. Like boo, and they're like, so they they're kind of like making fun of their own ending, uh-huh. uh huh, for revolutions, and they they let you do an alternative ending where Smith actually like he. He gets all the other Smiths that are down there, and they Voltron it up a little bit, and they become a Mega Smith. Really awesome! Or, I think I see footage of that. Yes, and they uh, like all of, like all this destructed uh, destruction around them, like comes around them, and they form like a little outer body and everything like that. And then there's this giant billboard with agent glasses on it, and it just takes off and puts the glasses on. And it's like, like Simpsons. Mega Smith, exactly. So that's like the interesting part of Matt Path and Neo. That's an interesting games for sure. It Jeez. is, but you know, it's one of those games where you do have to like. Uh, it is learning curve, and it's not easily spelled out for you. Well, and what system do you play on? PS2. So it had plenty of buttons. It had plenty of buttons. Okay. It's just really hard to figure out those buttons. And the guns are really cool too. Like it has a very on very like expansive gun thing in there and you can find like if you if you find the right guns to have like you pretty much have your arsenal set and you can massacre a bunch of people and it's a lot more fun to shoot people in bullet time innocent people man not innocent people you're in, you don't kill innocent people because all the in innocent the matrix people, no in the matrix you just kill all the other computer programs and, you know that's what's you know, in the Matrix. I gotta watch that. I want to watch do a marathon with that movie. It's been a while. So anyway, I, if I'm gonna give it a score, I'm gonna give it. Mm, Answer the Matrix. I will give seven bullet dodges out of ten. That's pretty high. That's. I mean, I really like it. It's a nostalgic game for me because I remember it was like one of the f- first games I played all the way through on PS2. Ah, it's back when I, cause it was really hard to beat games. Back, well, that was a transition of NES hard to, like... Back when you got a full game on release day. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, so, uh, for my review, I'm uh, going to review Stardew Valley, which is a very fun, addicted game. It's an indie game on Steam. Basically, it's Harvest Moon, The Sims, and Animal Crossing combined. So, yeah, you start off where your grandpa dies and he leaves you this note that says in case you're like bored with you know modern and society and stuff open this and you it shows you and like this line of cubicles like there's a bunch of like people bored there's it's weird because this is all done by like one guy so he had a sense of humor so there's like this guy in a hat licking his lips and ahead of you there's a skeleton dead dead at the cubicle so you open it up and it's a deed to his farm. So you go there and uh, your farm's a piece of crap. It's got weeds everywhere and sticks. But the, the great thing about this game, it you can do anything. It's a, pretty much a life simulator. It's like I said, it's a Sims. It's a Sims, Harvest Moon, Animal Crossing. So you can spend. Well, it's like they get so many times. So it's like Harvest Moon where you get like so much time in a day and you have so much energy so if you spend all morning moving boulders 
by the afternoon, you can't do anything because you're exhausted. Real life. So, yeah, it's real life. So you can – there's a town ne- next door where you can meet people, gain relationships, gain friendships, and give them presents. And there's – it takes place you know, day by day. So things happen on a calendar where you can say, oh, it's her birthday. She likes fl- these kind of flowers. So I have to go up in the hills and collect this kind of flower. Or uh, there's a harvest dance. So I have to talk to someone because it's coming up next week to see if someone will want to dance with me. Or holidays and this stuff. And like people give you little quests like, I've lost my glasses. Can you look for them and stuff? And Or you can just, you know... Spend all the time just farming, or if you talk to um, does someone come up to you and say, "I used to be a farmer like you till I took an arrow into the knee." Ah, so you can go and talk to uh, this guy who lives by the coast, and he gives you a fishing rod, and you can like catch all these kind of fish in different areas, go look for rare ones in different areas, or and it's really weird. It's like all this kinds of stuff. Pokemon Red. Come on. Yeah, it's like, well, it's nothing but Magikarp and those damn thing, other fish. <laughs> but you can also go and there's these um, adventurers who live up in the mountains. And you can talk to them and go into this mine that has different levels. It goes way low and defeat these slime monsters that turn into, like, ghost monsters. And mine. It's crazy all this stuff you can do. <laughs> The con- it's, 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 it's a great game. The story's amazing. It, it's super addictive. I think I, I, the first time I got it, I was playing it for hours. You'll lose hours. Like, if you ever, play, you ever played Sims or Animal Crossing? No. Harvest Moon? Uh, World of Warcraft? Mm-mm. You ever play anything addictive? You ever drink a beer? I'm not an alcoholic, Will. You ever, done, you ever play any addictive games? Skyrim? Okay, you know how Skyrim? Yeah. You can't just play it for an hour. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, you ever tried playing for just an hour? I have. But it sucked, right? And I failed. Yeah, you play this game for four hours, right? Mainly because it took me an hour to get to the, my freaking destination. Yeah, yeah. But, the, yeah, it's, it's, there's no flashpoint. You can't just uh, jump, jump. You, if you're something in the mountains, you get a plan with food to get to the mountains. And if you're, like, your exhaustion runs out... And you're halfway to your house, you pass out in the street, and someone that drags you back to your house, and it's like, oh man, um, I found you in the road. You're like, <laughs> uh, and you turn up, all your stuff in your pockets is gone. So if you're mining for like ore in the mountains all day, and you pass out on the way home, it's gone. Yeah. So it's you get to like judge, uh, juggle that. You can get relationships and get married. You um, later on. Um, there's, uh, you can get an animal, like a dog or a cat. You can get chickens, all this stuff. It, and find secrets that are in, like, your little area. Or you can, like, figure out, like, oh, there's a wizard that's living in this tower. And it's it's not stuff you can just figure out within a couple days. Like, you, it would take you at least two months to figure out, like, a portion of this. And they still add more stuff on. It's a very on going game and it's great the only problem with it is though the controls are a little stiff you cannot do this with a keyboard you need a mouse and even with the mouse the um it's not a heavy combat game but there is combat if you want to do into the mines and join like the adventures club that 
you have to fight slimes and other stuff. It, that's really stiff. Like, I had frust very frustrating nights where I'm trying to, like, attack something and something's flying next to me or popping up out of the ground. And I'm trying to attack and I can't do it. And I die and lose everything. And I lose my sword. And it's like, it took me forever to level up my sword. But, yeah, it's on Steam. It's a really good game. You can, um, you know, build your house, get furniture, add on stuff. It's, like, it's if you love those kind of games, it's... Definitely. It's only $15. It's a pretty good deal, especially for, like, a laptop game. Not bad. What do you give it? What's your score? I gave it, um, I mean, it's pretty good. About nine twigs out of ten. That's pretty good. It is. It's a very fun game. It's just you need at least a couple hours to play it because you can't just play it for an hour. <laughs> and it's on. It's, like, it's crazy how little stuff you can do. Mm-hmm. Sounds like an interesting game. Yeah, pretty fun. Alright, uh, next up we're going to do comic book reviews, which Will only has one review, so I have none. So, take it away, Will. What's your, what are you reviewing? So I'm reviewing this comic. I got it at Comic-Con. We went to the Palm Springs Comic-Con in July? No, it was August. August. So, I got it. It's pretty good. It's from this company called Sitco. It's called Super Suckers. I talked to the guy who, um, I think, wrote it or something. I forgot. It was a while ago. It's pretty good. It's like um, Archie, but if um, it's got that same kind of art to it, it's really lovely to look at. And um, it, they're pretty thick, about 64 pages long. Uh, it's a good price for. I got issue one so far. I got issue two. I think I'm actually going to continue reading this. It's really good. So it's about two sorority girls who are dating the same guy, and he leaves, and they find out they're dating the same guy, but they also find out that he's a vampire, and they turn, he turned them into vampires. So they kind of get By along. sleeping with them? Actually, they make a point. The blonde, uh, Kelly, is kind of a ditz. <laughs> She says, like, but I used all protection. It's like, it's a, and this other girl, Jess, um, she's kind of the rougher one. She's kind of like, it's not a sexual transmitted disease. He's a vampire. And he's like, oh, okay. So, so how do they, how do they turn? But just bite? Just bite. You can only, uh, you can turn other people into vampires only if you're attracted to them. Because it's like, when you're a vampire, you're, um, when you're attracted to the guys, it's more like sexually charged. So those are the ones you can turn into vampire. But you, if you uh, feed on someone you're not sexually attracted to, you just take their blood and you calm down. So there's like basically just four characters: um, Jess, Kelly, like I said, turns the vampires. Uh, Vera, who's um, Jess's roommate, this uh, tough big black girl, who's pretty like she's funny. She's all sassy and stuff. She comes out. She gets introduced coming out of the shower. And she's borrowing her towel, uh, her roommate's towel. It's kind of like a sorority thing. So they're at their roommates. She borrows her uh, razor, borrows her towel, and he comes out. And she opens up the window and kind of opens up her dress. And <laughs> Jess is like, the sorority next door of the guy's been asking you to stop doing that. And she's like, ah, whatever, they'll get over it. And she kind of like air drying herself in the window. And all the guys next door are like, stop it, ah, God. And um, so they, um, their ex-boyfriend's old feeding guy mm-hmm. 
is this guy named Stuart, who um, I guess he's unattractive. He had this problem that everyone knows him by, is this kid who uh, wet his pants during class. <laughs> because he uh, got fed too many times that morning, so he was all messed up. So he introduces himself to the two uh, new girls because he wants to be continue getting feed up because he was getting paid to do it. Because he was doing that to fund his comic book. So they um, grasp themselves for being vampires. And it turns out there's um, it's it's really funny. It's like the blonde ditzy girl. I think his name is Jess. She um Kelly. She um is on the rebound. So her boyfriend left, and she's upset. But she, there's this new guy, this British dude. She really likes accents. The guy came from whoever, and this new guy from Britain comes in, and turns out he's a vampire slayer, and he's been on the trail of their ex-boyfriend. And she doesn't want to reveal she's a vampire, but she's really attracted to him, so she tries to bite him, and she misses, and he's on this, like, exposition of, like, I will hunt him to the end of the earth and stuff. <laughs> and then it, this whole thing takes place during uh, Blood Drive, their sororities planning. <laughs> it's a really funny comic. I thought it was, like, it's, and it's, it looks really nice, and it's pretty funny. It's it looks kind of, like, in the style of Archie. That's what I said. It's in the style of Archie. Oh, yeah, you did say that. My bad. Yeah, so um, they find out that the vampire hunter is still looking for him, and they, they, their secret gets revealed in a very funny way. And the, what's her name? Um, right when he's about to attack one of them, Vera, the big black girl, kind of like defends them in a very silly way. She knocks the guy down, and like, if you get to go with him, you have to go through me. She's really brassy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, 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 I'll let you go for now. Like, I won't, won't bother you and stuff. You're like, Ben or not? Kind of stuff. And then they um, realize that, the, uh, was it Kelly? Kelly still needs blood because there's so many cute guys at that party. And she keeps talking about she's on the rebound. <laughs> that she needs blood, but Stuart won't give it to her because he's planning on getting some action. You know, like, no one likes him. <laughs> so... They had this whole blood drive for the sorority at the, the college at a party. And when the, the hospital comes to pick up the blood, it's unusable because people have been drinking. So that they have alcohol in their blood. So they can't donate the blood anymore. <laughs> so they realize that, well, we need blood. And, you know, it is a party. And it has alcohol in it. So they, after everything's like, at the end of the episode, they drink the blood in the back, and are, are getting drunk. And there's a lot more to it. It's it's really funny. It's got these little commercials. They make it really funny stuff. Like, Super Suckers was drawn in front of a, a live studio audience, and they have really weird commercials, which I didn't find the commercials of the comic too interesting as the main story. They have ones where um, it's a guy selling beds and the... The company's called Sleep With Me. And everyone gets offended, except for this big biker dude who's like, long as you tell him my boyfriend. And then this girl walks up like, oh, you're, uh, I love the mattresses. And he walks up and says, oh, sleep with me. Like, oh, I love that store. He's like, I'm not talking about the store. <laughs> but um, bum bum. And they have other ones where it's the cereal and cologne. But I kind of, they weren't very good as the main story. Yeah, I always wanted to read Archie ch- comics. But they weren't very good. 
This is actually pretty good. I, if you can find it, it's called Super Suckers by Sitco. S-I-T. Oh, it's not Sitco. Sitcomics. I don't know why I said Sitco. So far, I only have one and two. It's really good. It's a pretty good review. So um, if you find it, go read it. There you go. That's our independent comic review. Yeah, because Marvel... Oh, God, Marvel's terrible right now. Yes, yes, we know you hate Marvel. I don't hate it. I just despise the direction they took. My God, just force it in my face. Like, don't change... It's terrible. Go do some independent comics. They're pretty good. Yeah, they are. They really are. Uh, Next we have... um, uh, What's it called? What's it called, man? The movie quote contest? Yeah, movie quote contest. There we go, movie quote contest. What was the movie quote, Will? Tell me if you knew this one. It, um, drop and give me infinity. I do know that one, but I want to announce the winner first before. The winner of this movie quote contest is Jacqueline Morgan. Who got the correct answer, which is Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Yeah. Drop and give me infinity. infinity. Like, infinity. Infinity. I don't think I do that. Maybe I'll let us do them girly style. <laughs> I like that movie. It was a good movie. Yeah, it really was. I was watching it the other day. On yeah. Netflix. I forgot what's his name. Uh, Bill, who directed him. Mm-hmm. He did the first one, and he also did a movie called Freaked. You ever seen Freaked? Wait, he directed? I don't remember him directing the... Yeah. I'm going to look that up really quick. He directed that and Freaked. Freaked's amazingly funny. Oh, my God. It Basically, it's... um. Them going, um, uh, his big movie star is going to South America because he got um, paid off to endorse this deadly chemical. And they go to South America, and while they're getting protested, they he hits on this girl, and he's got a best friend who's silly, and <laughs> they eventually go to a, a freak show to check it out, mm-hmm. and they get turned into freaks, and there's like all this crazy, this guy who is a worm, and Nosy the Nose Man, and there's the, um, it's... Randy Quaid's like the ringleader and stuff. <laughs> it's freaked. It's actually I tried looking up on Amazon. It wasn't there. Netflix, no. Hulu, no. It's on YouTube. The entire movie is on YouTube I in English. That. The only thing problem is it has Spanish subtitles. Go figure. And Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is actually directed by Pete Hewitt. That's him, right? Nope. That's uh, that Alex Winter is Bill. I'm full of bad Bill information today. S- Preston, Esquire. Did he write it? What did he do? He did something. He didn't do anything. He just started it. What the fuck? I'm full of bad He is going too. to be writing the third one. Well, he has already written the third one, which is never gonna never gonna happen. All right, but he's not doing much. That's pretty much it. He's he's uh. I don't think he's ever written. Uh, he didn't direct it. For freaked. No. I mean, I see. I the what? What's the last thing I was wrong with? The um, what's it called? It was um, Deathstroke. No, Suicide Squad movies. Well, probably Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Something. I got that from Kevin Smith, which I usually trust him to being honest with. This I actually um got from a YouTube show where they told me he directed it. Because yeah, he told me they someone told me that he directed this, the second one, Freak, and he was going to do um. Not the Omen, the Order. Uh, what was that one movie where they, they open up the portal to hell in their backyard, and the little monsters come out? Oh, I know what you're talking. I know what you're the talking gate. about. 
he yeah. was going to direct the gate, which apparently everything I know is bullshit because I listen to people on YouTube, so. YouTube don't know. YouTube has a whole conspiracy theory going on right now called, uh, oh, I forgot what it's called, where they uh, think certain things happen or changed in our mind because of time travel. Oh, are you talking about um, the Bunkston, the Bernstein Bear effect? It's also called the. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That is what I'm talking uh, about. Nelson Mandela effect. The Mandela effect. I like to call it the Bernstein Bears because they're yeah. not the Bernstein Bears. It's the. Bernstein. Bernstein Bears. Bernstein Bears. Bernstein. Bears. I saw a thing on yeah YouTube, of course. That's not Oscar Mayer hot dogs. It's Oscar Mayer hot dogs. They have an, uh, there was another one too, where it's the most common misremembered quote of all time, and it's actually proven that it's a misremembered quote. I don't think I know you're talking about Luke. I am your father. When it's really been like, no, I am your father. He's never said no. I never Luke. I'm your father. I, that's what always bugged me. People thought it was like that. Like I never thought of that being wrong. Maybe it's because I watch it so much. But maybe it's from people who know. No, it's. From people who think the misremembered quote is the actual quote, that's because like they're and it's in the the, the conspiracies field by online trolls. So basically, I have an original VHS copy uh. that has never been edited that says clearly, "Luke, I am your father." And then the same another person says the same thing. I have an original unedited copy of well, VHS. The difference between Oscar Mayer hot dogs mm-hmm. and the Darth Vader thing. Darth Vader is so popular. That that quote was famous because the movie's so good. Everyone knows Darth Vader. He's in our, like, total, everyone knows of him. Mm-hmm. But not everyone's seen that movie a million times. Yeah, and, and like I said, it's the most commonly misquoted quote, movie quote of all times. Yeah. Because, you know, everybody knows as soon as Empire came out and it was like, you know, because nobody believed in spoilers back then. But when they did talk about it, they would say... Luke, when it was parodied, it'd be like, "Luke, I am your father." Yeah, it was. It was just an oftenly parodied line that, it, and that's how it was said sometimes. Yeah, kids. People told me that, yeah. like, "No, it's wrong." No, I am your father. It's always that's always how it's that's always what Mark it's been. Hamill gets that a lot, and he's just like, uh, first of all, that never happened. First of all, no. Second of all, I hate you." Third of all. Joke is here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that still blew my mind. Oscar Mayer. Hot dogs. That's mm-hmm. crazy. There's another one, though. It was like, it's not Captain's, Cr- Captain's Crunch. It's not Captain Crunch. It's Captain's Crunch. They changed the box since then. But mm-hmm. it just it blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah, and the Mandela Effect is a weird conspiracy theory out there. But, I don't know, it might not be real, because everything else I've been... Talking about on you, I sent it on YouTube is incorrect, mm-hmm. and I'm adding to it. All right, well, that's it. That's it for the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We're more act, a little bit more active on Instagram, thanks to Will, with all these weird random. Memes he posts up. And Facebook, lots of stuff on Facebook. Feel free to post whatever you like. It's nerdy and fun. Yeah. Feel free to post questions that you want want us to answer on the show, or if you want us to mention something that you think is a Mandela effect, we're going to totally pick it apart and say how you're wrong and stupid. Also, if you have any um, 
ideas that you'd like to ask questions about nerd logic that I can make sense for you. Uh, I might have a, a couple more um, episodes coming up soon. Mm-hmm. So if you have any like stuff like I don't like like I, what I wanted to do before was why is Gyarados a water flying type? Mm-hmm. Why the hell is he flying type? Or maybe you can explain. You can give more. Give Will more thought to the theory of how Stanley is the Watcher. <laughs> Stanley the Watcher, yeah. That if is you want more theory. episodes, you know, if you got any um, ideas, I'll mm-hmm. make sense to it. That's like nothing else better to do. Yes, and I will gladly challenge anybody to movie trivia if you think you can handle me. Movie trivia. Movie trivia. You didn't get half the quote. You know where the, our title came from? The podcast that's here to help if it's needed, deserved, or available? Yeah, Ghostbusters. No, uh, Beetlejuice. Uh, yeah. We talked a lot about Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm pretty good at movie qu- movie trivia quotes. Not quotes, but movie trivia in general. Oh, okay. I got quotes, yeah. Yeah. If you can think of a question to ask me, I could probably answer it on, this, on the fly. Unless it's obscure movies that, like, B-movie actions or, like, like 80s banana oil. sci-fi. What's weird? banana oil from? Exactly. I won't know that. That's from Godzilla Returns. Yeah, if it's, like, anything from... My weak points are, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to give away my strategy. My weak points be uh, foreign movies and 80s sci-fi. Oh, I like 80s sci-fi. Those are my weak points. I'm pretty good with drama and and, uh, comic book movies and action movies. We're nerds. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, join our Facebook page, Instagram iTunes, if you want to give us a like on iTunes or give us a comment, positive. Also follow us on YouTube where you can see Will's current uh, nerd logics, which is how a lightsaber works and how Godzilla is so freaking huge. That's not the actual title, but that's what I like how to How Godzilla could exist. Oh, there we go. How Godzilla could exist and why he's so freaking huge. And like I said, we got more uh, nerd damn, damn cankles. Cankles. <laughs> we got more of the shows coming, so tell your friends. Mm-hmm. And thank you for listening. Tell your friends. Tell your families. Hide everybody. And listen to Nerdy Geeky Freaky in the bunker while the world's ending around us. That's right. Thank you for listening. I am William Jerk. And I am Mike. And shout out to Danika who couldn't make it tonight. But we're thinking of you, girl. We miss you. Miss you. Bye.